Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. Gabe Giannis and I, we're back on the mic. We're talking about Chipotle as a sponsor for the CrossFit Games. Now, some people were actually pretty frustrated about that, which we were surprised about. Talk about my experience with the CrossFit Games Open and how heavy a 185 snatch can feel if you're not doing that type of training for quite a while. And finishing off, talk about RPE and how Jocko Willa kind of shine some light. You know, I, I talked about this in a coffee with Kleepa recently, but he uh, kind of opened my eyes just in regards to intensity. So we talk a little bit about that towards the end. Hope you enjoy these episodes. You know, last uh, last couple weeks, we had Patrick Umel. If you're a gym owner, if you're a leader out there, definitely listen to what he has to say about service. In the future, we have Chris Cooper coming on from Two Brain Business, and they do a, he does a great job, you know, supporting gym owners. So if you're a gym owner, make sure to check out that episode when it releases. This one's a little bit more of a blend, a little bit of family, a little bit of business, a little bit of fitness. So sit back, relax, enjoy it. If you do, simple ask, leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit us up on social. Let's keep getting after it. Here we go. Wait, that was one of the things I want to talk to you about is how, is how heavy lifts and handstand pushups go away very quickly if you don't train them. That's something that, that's my <laughs> big takeaway from the CrossFit Games Open this year, by the way. I- I was really surprised. So what did you get on that workout? Because I saw the video of you failing 185 whoa, whoa, whoa. and I was surprised. So but I agree with you. I agree with you though. Like to be I, fair, I think that, you know, like you're obviously very fit and you've been training, but those are, I think, very specific movements that if you're not training in those, they will go away. I completely agree with that. Dude, it's so, so funny. So I do the first open workout, which for those of you who are unfamiliar in the CrossFit Games, um, the open was like, it was like a row and then um, some toes to the bar and you ended up doing muscle ups and you get back to the row. And I, I, I put up a score that was like not that far from like what my score was 10 years earlier. So I felt pretty good about like my fitness. I was kind of like, a, you know, kind of like, all right, you know, feeling good. I put up my score, felt good. I go down south and I roll jujitsu at um, Victory MMA, which I don't know if we talked about this that much, but that's a Jocko Willick's gym. And I ended up hurting my knee a little bit. So when I got back up, I made some excuses, but it, my knee was legitimately messed up. And so I didn't do workout number two. And then workout number three comes up, which is snatches and handstand pushups and whatever else. And I, and I got one snatch at 185. Now, I couldn't squat snatch because my knee was messed up. I'm going to blame it on my knee. But to be completely honest, dude, I was just messed up, bro. I get off the handstand pushups and I get to the bar and I just fail. Hey, that's the video you're talking about. I finally get one and then time hits. And it was because my handstand pushups were just gone, dude. If they were kipping, I would have been golden. But I just, because I haven't been training the prerequisite strength on just pure strict handstand pushups, and because I haven't been snatching heavy, that workout just smashed me. And so I thought it was a good one for the open. How much How much do you think the, um, the line had a difference? Because some people were saying that it got you closer to the wall. Um, as opposed to being a little further away. Do you think that made any difference or, or not really? No, dude, for me, bro, I was doing singles on those handstand pushups from 10 to 20. I mean, my, my shoulders were just fatigued and I came off of it and I had like no time to hit 185. Like, honestly, I was shocked that people finished 185 and 225. And maybe it's just like a, a reflection on where my fitness is at right now. But like, I was shocked to hear that people were able to get 12 and nine or whatever it was. Cause that bar felt so damn heavy for me coming off handstand pushups. I think it was also cause I just didn't have that much time to do the snatches. Cause I just was stuck on those handstand pushups. So they went away real quick, man. 
Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I did the first workout as well because that's such a fun test. And then I bowed out from there. Um, I had no interest in doing the second one. And then by the time the third one came around, I was just like, well, I didn't do the second one. But um, the, the workouts were cool, man. I went to Friday Night Lights every night at this local gym here in Seguin after math strength and two things. One, um, this gentleman came up to me and said, he's a fan of the podcast. So if he's listening, shout out to our Seguin fans of the podcast. That, that was cool. It's always cool to hear that people are enjoying the podcast and listening. Um, that always makes me super, super pumped. So that was the first thing. The second thing. So my, the, the reason I went every Friday was because my dad is super into it. My dad is like, He's got like the CrossFit shirt with his last name printed on the back. And he's like getting after it every weekend. And it was just so fun to go watch him every week. Uh, but the funny thing is on the last day, because one thing that the gym was doing is they have a TV and they were playing like old CrossFit games every week. So I walk in and I see you like back in, I think it was, uh, it was a while. I think it was like the 2013 or no, not 2013, 2015 or something. But it was like an old, old video of you doing like singles on Toastabar in Carson. Like it was like some long chipper with Toastabar. I don't know if you remember it, but um, it's so crazy to see how the sport has evolved in that now to your point, you know, even if you get 225 pound snatches for the men, you know, that's a good score, but it's not like a, top in the world score you have to finish that workout and mm. you know you look back then and the people at the games you know doing singles on toast of it's just it's crazy how elevated the sport has gotten it's really crazy 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 when you think about it dude think about this in 2009 i snatched 225 and for a one rep max and i took second what this one guy mo kelsey hit 230 that was the best snatch out of anybody in the 2009 CrossFit Games. I did 225, or maybe it was it was 2009. Yeah, it had to have been 2009. And um, just think about that. Now these guys are repping that out for nine reps at the end of a long ass workout, and it's not even a thing. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do that 30 times for time like Isabel. It's crazy. Um, yeah, that's that's how the sports evolved, and you know, it was eye opening for me. Um, I'm not gonna blame it on the knee. I mean, my knee was hurt. It still is a little <laughs> bit hurt. I'm recovering though. Um, but yeah, that's, it is what it is. That's, oh man. Yeah. That bothered me. I might need to do that workout again sometime, but it's just, dude, it's just a good testament to like, um, Sean Woodland was at our gym the other day and he was doing the, the workout and he was using this term. You can't expect results you haven't earned or you can't you can't yeah, expect it's the saying is you can't you can't complain for not getting the results you didn't work for. I think that, that's what yeah, exactly. So like I can't complain for not getting the results I didn't sure. work for. Like, dude, I haven't snatched 185. Like I just it's just you know, I, I stick to mainly lighter loads and I I I do our class workouts, and so that one caught me, man. But it was still a good time nonetheless. Like, dude, we, we, sure. we did it as a group. You know, we did it as a coaches and we put out session plans for gym owners. It was fun. It was great. What was, what's your um, heaviest snatch of all time? You 300. Remember? Oh, you got 300? Yeah. Nice. So, you know, uh, oddly enough, um, I was stuck at like 240 for like years. And then a coach came in and he took me down to a barbell only for like a month, only a barbell. That's it. Nothing else. I wasn't allowed to lift over that unless it was like a, a workout workout. 
And if I was practicing position, I only used a barbell and I ended up then getting back on the barbell a month later. And that's when I started this trajectory towards that 300 mark, um, where I was able to hit, you know, 275 consistently rep, rep, rep. And it was because I went down to a barbell and started to learn how to connect better. So, um, it's just a good step of like, Hey, you might need to take a step back to take five steps forward. So if you're stuck on an Olympic lift and you're listening to this podcast, you might need to take a step back to take a step forward. And now's the perfect time to do so, right? Like if you were frustrated with, you know, how short or how, you know, you didn't get maybe the weight that you wanted to maybe on the clean thruster or that snatch. Now's a really good time to, you know, take a step back, recover a little bit also work on some technique and positioning. Um, so some, some good points there. Let me ask you a loaded question. What Dude, do you think I like my, let me ask, me the, what do you, go ahead, go ahead. What loaded question. What do you think my heaviest snatch of all time was? 235. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. 235. <laughs> That's impressive. I thought yeah. you were going to like way underestimate me, which is usually what you do. I normally underestimate you, but I saw your fitness the other day. No, I think, you know, 235 <laughs> is that mark where, you know, your, your technique was probably getting pretty good because you were training a lot, um, but you're not you know, back then, especially you weren't like huge. So a 235 was a pretty strong, you know, I imagine your overhead squat at the time was probably like 265. And so, uh, right. I mean, I, I don't know if I was about right, but you, your, your snatch should be somewhere around, you know, I mean, the deadlift's not going to be the issue. It's going to be your receiving position. And obviously the, the in between, of course. Yeah. I'd be lucky. I, dude, I would have had no chance with 185 on that workout, especially knowing that you failed it. Oh man. Cause it's so funny. You, you look at these workouts on paper and you're like in your head, you're like, ah, yeah, like can't be that hard, but boy, it's different. Dude, it's because the, the pressing and like, I was just fatigued. I walked up the bar. I wasn't really thinking much. And it just, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I, um, dude. So the other day I was working with six, seventh and eighth year old, eight, eighth graders. And it really opened my eyes. So for any parent out there, I think grabbing, buying a PVC pipe and working on some foundational lifts with your kids, it was just shocking to me, Gabe. I know I totally switched gears, but it's just the way I was thinking. It was shocking to me that the, the kids I was working with, they were actually really good athletes. All of them, the, all the kids I was working with were really good athletes, like really good at basketball, really good at football, et cetera. But all of a sudden I asked them to get into a dental position. They could not connect their brain with their body. And it was just a really good lesson for me that even if you don't believe that you should be loading up your kids tremendously, I'm not saying you have to go for a one rep max light loads. I was using a 15 pound barbell was the heaviest item I used with them, but man, it's just the value of like, they're learning so much in their sport, but taking them off the field and having them learn something else and what that does neurologically connecting their brain with their body and now how they can connect. And not to mention when they get to high school, they're going to go to strength programs. So if we could start laying some framework now, it was just super rewarding. So anybody out there has kids, grab some PVC pipes, risk of injury is almost zero and start teaching some foundational work. You know, I, I did the push up, the hollow rock, the deadlift and the back squat. And I thought those were really good places to start. Totally pivoted our conversation, but I just wanted to say, get some PVC pipe. No, that's good stuff, man. Right now we have Shay, our, our three month old working on tummy time tummy time and um that's pretty much it trying to yeah, get yeah. kids kids neck going please uh with shay do not grab a pvc pipe and attempt to lift <laughs> uh we're, we're talking about sixth seventh eighth graders um is really a good place to start because they're going to go into high school and there's going to be you know 60 kids to one strength coach i think it's just a good way to kind of develop sure. a, 
like I, I talked to the kids about what a hook grip was. And I was like, dude, when you guys get to your strength class, ask about a hook grip and your coach will probably go freak out because not many people know what a hook grip is, you know? So it's a good tip. It's a good life lesson is, is learn the hook grip. Um, switching gears again. Were, were you going to say something? No, I just, I, I had a good time working with the kids and it just was opening my eyes this last week to the importance of it. So um, yeah. this upcoming week, actually staying on that thread, uh, we're hosting the Shamrock Row event. So all the kids are going to be doing a row-a-thon and uh, I'll have to get back to you on how that goes. That'll be a lot of fun. Are you going to be rowing as well or? I'm just coaching it. So we'll, we'll yeah. bring, um, we're, we're basically, we didn't program rowing in the gym that day. So I could take the rowers, bring them to the kids' school and uh, do a row-a-thon. The kids like, it's a little bit different than like a walk-a-thon. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's getting people moving and moving for a good cause. Always love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, go ahead, yeah. I want to go on a little bit of a rant here because this has been oh. really, dude, this has been really bugging me. Like really bugging me. Should so I put on my EBITDA hat? <laughs> yes, you should definitely put on the EBITDA hat. <laughs> I'm so glad that you ended up getting that. I love that hat. Um, so uh, to be perfectly, perfectly like fair before I go on this rant, because I would have been one of these people two years ago. And I'm glad that I've kind of like had the time and like been open-minded to like different opinions when it comes to nutrition. And now I feel like I have a more nuanced approach to what is a very nuanced topic, right? On this podcast, we talked about how like, you should never drink oat milk. Like oat milk is terrible for you. Like seed oils are like the worst thing no, ever. To be fair, you said that. I said yeah, that I yes. love oat milk. Yes, I, mean, I hit that Chobani this morning, bro. <laughs> you know, and, and for a while there, I had such a black and white view of, you know, this thing of like foods you should have and foods you shouldn't have to the point where like you introducing that stuff ever, even in the slightest bit to your diet, like why would you do that, Right. And, you know, looking back on it now, and I think this is naturally like kind of, you know, as you mature, as you evolve, as you have, you know, kids and a family and just like really have other things that require your discipline and for you to be like really on top of, you need to be flexible with stuff and realize that, you know, the dose makes the poison and that, you know, no food is healthy or unhealthy outside of the context of a healthy or unhealthy diet. If you are enjoying an oat milk latte with a pastry even, but the rest of your diet is mostly whole foods and well-balanced, that doesn't make that meal unhealthy. It's just kind of what allows you to have a well-balanced, mostly healthy diet. And we can go on about this forever. But what really kind of like got me going is a bunch of people like, throwing their hands up, being so upset that CrossFit has a deal, a sponsorship deal with Chipotle. And what they were like, pointing to yeah. was the fact that Chipotle uses seed oils to make their food. And, you know, they point to fitness influencers like Carnivore MD, who's really big on the carnivore diet. And like, you know, he's always posting about how like these things are going to kill you, so on and so forth. And listen, I think there are some merits to trying some of these diets that are restrictive. I know you've tried carnivore. I know we have Frankie, a coach that has tried it, had really good success with, you know, just like finding something that works for them. And that's fine. But I think that when it comes to nutrition, there's this like really slippery slope of 
putting out that like, this is the one way to do it. And this is like good for you. And this is bad for you. And the reason the Chipotle thing really bugged me is because as far as like food options go for people that are trying to be good about their nutrition, objectively, Chipotle is a great option. It's like, a phenomenal option. Period. Like what other mainstream food option is better than Chipotle? Like it's, it's really hard to find something better. Like you can go to Chipotle and most things can be high protein. You can get some veggies in there. It's all minimally processed. And sure, they use seed oils to cook their food. And like, here's the thing too. Like if you listen to some people like Lay Norton is a great follow. Um, I, I, I point them in, in, in point in his direction. He was actually on Huberman's podcast. And I just listened to this because I wanted to make sure I got this right. But as far as like the actual research that's out there on some of these seed oils, you know, a big reason why people claim that they're really bad for you is because over the past 10 years or whatever, we've started to consume more seed oils. And obviously people are getting more obese, they're getting more sick, so on and so forth. But a big reason for this, or what some people say a big reason for this is just because they're fats and they're calorie heavy. So people are eating more calories and it's really hard to go into the science and say, hey, it is absolutely the fact that it's these oils that are causing all these issues and not just the fact that because these oils are in a lot of foods, foods are therefore more calorie dense and therefore because people are eating more calories, they're running into all these problems. Right. And the fact that anyone tries to be black and white about it's just this versus it's just that, because I'm not saying that it's just calorie in, calorie out. I think that that's equally as bad of an unnuanced approach to nutrition as saying, well, there's good foods and bad foods. Like this is very complex. And at the end of the day, people just have to find what works for them and what allows them to be consistent and not feel like they're like gritting their teeth to avoid things that they love and eat things that are quote unquote healthy for them because you have other shit to worry about. You have kids, you have a job, you have traffic, you have you know, deadlines to worry about, you know, like, no, it's, it's unrealistic to expect people to like, avoid everything that is quote, unquote, bad for you, especially when now you can find a study or an influencer that will tell you that anything is bad. For you. Yeah. Spinach, kale, meat, like you can find someone that's going to tell you that anything is bad for you. So if you're stressing about avoiding everything out there that one study shows might increase your chance of heart disease, cancer, whatever, you're going to be really stressed and have like a terrible time finding something to eat. Anyway, I'm coming to the end of my rant, but it's, it's just, why do people have to be so upset about CrossFit partnering up with Chipotle? Like a part of it is people just need to find something to be upset about. And another part of it is like, you're so misguided on what is good and what is bad. Like if I could get the majority of the world to start replacing most of their meals with Chipotle, we'd be in a much better place now. I'm not saying that Chipotle is perfect. But I'm just oh, saying yeah. that like, that is not the issue. Dude, think about it. If you're on a road trip and you had to decide between all the major places you can go to, I'd say in general, the best option you could probably find, I mean, although I'm an In-N-Out Burger fan for sure, um, would be a Chipotle. And I think that, you know, I didn't see too, too much outrage. I know some people probably got upset about it. I think that what they're upset about is like that Chipotle is kind of more mainstream and that's okay. Guess what? You want them... Chipotle to be marketing CrossFit, more people are doing it. And it's a good thing. Like if you're complaining about Chipotle, like you got to take a deep breath and just chill for a second. But on the one hand, you know, I, I 
I was on a call last night with Apogee Strong, which is a group of dads. Uh, there were 70 dads on the call. And they were asking my questions about nutrition, about health, about supplements. And I was just sharing my perspective. And I really tried to say like, dude, like I've tried all kinds of things. You should go try different things for yourself and that different things work for different people. And that this is what I'm currently doing. And this is my position on it, but just kind of approaching it with like a level of like, dude, just relax. But I think that what happens is Gabe and like looking at your journey, if I had told you that same thing two years ago, you probably would have been upset about it. And you were probably at the time, your mindset didn't allow you to be open enough yet to be, you, you were, you were in a state where you weren't prepared to take that information, right? Like you, you weren't ready to hear that type of information and take, it took you to kind of like evolve, right? Your journey to now be more willing to be more open to it. And it just, that's where some of these people I think are at. And it, the same thing goes for, um, uh, I was on another podcast the other day and they asked me about how Ava getting sick changed my perspective. And what it taught me a lot was that even though I saw some really bad stuff in the hospital, super bad, I had to re realize that like to some people, like if they're getting mad about traffic to them, maybe that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their life. And perception is reality. Like if that, if that's a really big deal to them, it's a really big deal, but maybe they're just, they haven't had enough of life experiences yet. And I hope they never did to realize like that isn't that big of a deal. And when it comes to nutrition, I think you get so engulfed in like what you're reading that sometimes you stop to take a deep breath and just say, Hey man, like we're going to be okay. Like, and I think it just takes time to get past that is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think that aside from time though, cause I do think time is, is, is a part of it, but there's going to be a lot of people that feel a certain way, especially about nutrition, but a lot of other things that are polarizing and people feel strongly about that will for years stay with their heels dug in and what they believe in. And I think that, it, you know, time is a piece of it, but another time it's just being open-minded to hearing the other side of it. Because I very much like I, because nutrition is such a big part of like what I like to talk about and what I like to feel knowledgeable about when I believed that these things were as bad as, you know, some people say they are and you should avoid them at all costs. I proactively went out and found the Lane Nortons, the E.C. Sinkowskis, like very respectable people in the nutrition space that I know don't feel the same way that I felt about certain foods. And I took a deep dive into their podcasts, their newsletters and their stuff, even though they completely went against what I currently believed. Because if you don't do that, if you don't at least listen or read what's on the opposite side of what you feel so strongly about, how are you ever going to like expand how you view those things? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the missing step in a lot of people is that they, they'll just see that, well, I know that that person says that this is healthy for you and I believe it's unhealthy. So I'm not even going to give them a chance and I'm just going to listen and follow the people that agree with me. I think that that's where you get stuck in this, like, you know, now it's been 10, 20 years to your point of time, all the time can pass. But if you're not open to those ideas, you're never going to change your mind. And I think that that's, that's a shame. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, uh, it kind of brings me back, uh, Chris Rock put out a new special. I don't know if you saw it. I watched it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called selective outrage. And it was just interesting. Like, look, take it or leave it. I thought part of it was f hilarious. Other parts were, you know, controversial, whatever you want to call it, but some parts of it, like what he was talking about with Elon Musk. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. I don't know if you remember the part where he talks about Elon Musk. I was just laughing my ass off, but um, 
but he does, he, he titled it selective outrage. And I thought that was interesting how, you know, people get so upset, but they select what they get upset about. Um, I, I don't know if he necessarily made the point as well as I think he could have, but I get what he was trying to do with the name of the show. Um, if you haven't watched it, it is funny. There are some parts where you could, if you get easily offended, you probably shouldn't watch it. But uh, I thought it was pretty funny overall. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was funny. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, a selective outrage. It's a perfect name, right? Because the same people that are complaining about CrossFit, you know, having a sponsorship with Chipotle now, were probably people that like back in the day were like, you know, paleo is healthy and you're having, you know, bacon and paleo brownies and paleo this just because it has paleo in front of it and convincing yourself that that was healthy, right? Like we were all there, but it's just, it's, it's, it's so silly. Um, yeah. Anyway. Hey, and don't forget back in 2008 CrossFit Games, Panda Express was a big sponsor. So now we've came a long way from Panda Express to Chipotle, if you ask me. So that's, that's right. a much better sponsor. And look, dude, I'm happy for CrossFit. I want them to have more of these big sponsorships because it's only going to be good for everybody else. And if you're out there and you don't believe that, that's unfortunate because I think that if the goal of Dawn and CrossFit is to get to 30 million people, you need to have big partners like Chipotle sure. get involved yeah. otherwise you're never going to reach that goal and yeah it's it's good dude i i i thought the open went really well i'm you know i thought that it went really well here at our gyms it was nice to celebrate that we i think next year we'll have a lot more people do it this year we had a lot of people do it but i think next year we'll have even more and um you know i think we'll continue to you know be more and more involved across the space as things evolve and uh, i'm excited to see it grow for sure I, uh, but I got to heal up this knee. One of the things I want to talk to you about briefly is I'm going to try a new, uh, turmeric supplement by Jocko called, uh, Jocko like joint warfare or something like that. I'll have to let you know how it goes. <laughs> joint warfare. It's called joint warfare <laughs> because I was down at the gym. And by the way, I've never been in a place like this before, dude, tons of rooms. Everybody's getting after it. It was, it was great. Um, but they, uh, but, but yeah, I, because I hurt my knee, I'm thinking maybe this joint warfare and some turmeric might help it out. And, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep you all posted on the podcast of how my joints feel after a couple of weeks or months using that, uh, using that product. We'll see. Yeah. I, for a while when I was training like a bonehead and just not giving myself ample time to heal, I had some really, really bad knee tendonitis. And I used to make a drink every morning with turmeric. Like I would like put turmeric in a blender and, and have it as part of like, it had like beet juice and spinach and raw turmeric and ginger that I would like make myself. Dude, I've tried everything. everything. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I'm just, I'm at a place where I'm not necessarily trying to like, I just want to feel, I just want my joints to feel good. And oh yeah, I've had, yeah. To, I've had to adjust my RPE. You know, one of the things um, I actually just did, a oh, I actually just did a cop of cleep on this. And um, one of the lessons I learned, and this is like, so it wasn't even like we were having like a meeting or anything, but um, I was talking about this the other day on, on a podcast, JP Dinnell, who's part of the echelon front team, former Navy SEAL. I'm going to go take one of our leadership summits soon. And he was in San Diego and I was nearby. So I went and trained jujitsu with them and Jocko happened to be there. So I'm rolling with this guy and him and I are going at it pretty hard. And in general, especially Nogi, my RPE is pretty much always 10. Um, it's hard to not go 10, especially no gi jujitsu, assuming the other person, like you're not flow rolling, like you're actually like real rolls, not, not. And so I finish a roll and I go sit down against the fence and Jocko happened to be there. And we were talking, I was like, Hey man, like, 
what do you split your strength conditioning, CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu? How, how do you balance the two? Because it's something that's been on my mind lately. And he goes, I do both every day, but I do them at less of an intensity than you do. Cause he just saw me like getting after it. And it was just a good uh, eye opener for me that if I want to be sustainable for the next, you know, cause he's, he's a little bit older than me. If I want to be able to train both often, I maybe can need to stop going RP 10 all the time and adjust it down some days because otherwise you just get way too beat up, man. I'm just, I'm just too sore, too messed up. So it was a, it was a good, like, I don't even think he even realized what he was saying, but when he said it to me, it's like, that's what I needed to hear Jocko. Thank you for your kind words. Wise words from Jason Kalipa. Do not go RP 10 every day, every workout, because chances are, you won't be able to do that for the rest of your life, dude. And, 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 and that's <laughs> the hard part is like, dude, that's hard for me. Um, I know. I get it. I, I get it. it. It's, it's hard not to want to throttle every day, but especially if you're doing jujitsu and CrossFit, it's impossible, man. So dude, that was dude, a good eye opener for me with him was like, Hey dude, like I do both, but not like as, as wild as you, you know, for sure. Yeah. It makes sense. What are the chances of getting Jocko on the podcast? Give me a percentage. Uh, Jock on the podcast, I'd say 10%. Like, like in, in, like in the future. Yeah. Like it's, maybe more, but right now, right I mean, now I think we're the, sitting at 10%. I think right now we're sitting at 10%. I think the next step would be if, if I got on his podcast, I think that would bump up to like 50%. Okay. And, and we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with him. I think that there's other yeah. people though in his leadership team. I'd love to have a conversation with like, like, uh, like JP, like Leif having conversation with them about leadership and, and lifestyle and things like that. You know, I think it would be a lot of fun. We should do it, man. I, I, I love those guys. Um, as much as I know following them peripherally, but, um, that's cool, dude. Yeah. Well, they got, they got good stuff. All right. Well, you got a jam, right? Yeah. I got a meeting. I got to jump to. Ooh. All right. We'll go crush it. Uh, you know, in the future, we'll have some more guests. We got some more people. We got a couple of things going on. It's, it's all good. If you enjoy these episodes, hit us up on social, leave us a rating review. And we always love hearing from you guys. So appreciate you listening. Gabe, uh, any last words on this one? If you happen to see me anywhere in Texas or when I'm traveling and you listen to the podcast, please come up to me and tell me it, it literally, it makes my week. Like when someone and, and comes up be, and they're like, dude, don't be podcast. that guy who just stares. Like I, I'm telling you, I'll be at airports and people just like stare at me. Like <laughs> they, they make it look like they want to fight me. And I'm like, bro, what's the matter? And they'll be like, and then they'll like, like, ah, is it him? Is it not him? Is it him? Anyways, if chances are, it's probably Gabe. You can see his lovely hair and his good looks. So say hi to him. Please say hi. All, All right, right, Jay. Bye -bye.